The Sportzilla Show starts now. Everybody give it up for Rob Gronkowski. Did I have Money. to take a pay cut? Let me let me tell you this. To get a deal done here was a lot easier than getting a deal done with the oh, Patriots. Really? <laughs> Once in a while in the locker room, Tom had to put his foot down on me, you know, control me a little bit. Y'all let me get that scream going. But let me tell you something about Julian. Well, let me tell you something, brother. First off, he calls himself the squirrel. You want to know why he calls himself the squirrel? Because he is a squirrel. He's furry. He's cute. He's elusive. He's feisty. And most importantly, whenever he gets a chance, he gets that nut. Just like he gets a first down. Just like he gets the touchdown. Just like he'll give you a catch when you need it. All right. Time to crack a dump in my new house. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. SportsZilla Show's been a thing for the better part of five years. But in a sense, we're gronking a dump in our new house. This has been our new home for the past couple of weeks. Rain and Scoop. A lot going on. Much to get through over the next hour. We're going to start right out with what you just heard about from Seth Goldberg. Tonight, the Crunch Show with Lucas Favalli. Uh, we had him on just a couple days ago. Galaxy Cup is now underway. This company, our company, Galaxy Media, we sponsor the Galaxy Cup because we broadcast the Crunch Games here and on another one of our radio stations in the Utica market, we broadcast the Utica Comets. So the Galaxy Cup is what these two teams, the Utica Comets and the Syracuse Crunch, play for. 12 times the first meeting was last night, and you're going to hear about that, I'm sure, tonight with a 6-2 loss. Well, you know, it started good. Corey Conacher gets the crunch on the board. Who else but Corey Conacher, it seems like. Uh, it was uh, Yoya Gadjevich for the Comets, ties it up. But then the crunch go ahead, 2-1, but then it was five unanswered goals by the Comets. And the stats that really stood out to me is – the crunch with three shots on goal in the second period, 18 for the entire game. The Utica Comets had 17 shots in the second period alone. I remember talking to Lucas Favalli about the fact Mike Condon, Louis Domingue, and Scott Wedgwood, you've got three goalies. But Scott Wedgwood speaks for himself. If you're a fan of the American Hockey League and what he's done, Louis Domingue clearly in other organizations, and we pointed this out yesterday, might be an NHL goaltender. It just wasn't Scott Wedgwood's night. That's not the type of typical performance you're going to get from him. The team will make adjustments. They're too good. There's too much talent on the roster. It just It's just one of those games. It wasn't the way you wanted to start it out, but at the end of the day, it's one of 78 games. They struggled a little bit last night, though, and uh, Luke Shen delivered. He, he was there, but there was just... It was just a, a lot of issues. They couldn't get anything started offensively. The one positive note that I would say for the Syracuse Crunch is once again, the penalty kill has proven this season to be spectacular. I mean, it's impenetrable. You're going to score against them. You're either going to have to grab a shorty or it's when you're five on five. So there's also, what, 74 games left. I think that's the fourth game of the season for the Syracuse Crunch. Now two and two, two wins over Cleveland and then the opening night loss and then the loss to the Comets last night. So that's where it stands. You're obviously going to get a much greater breakdown with Lucas Favalli later on tonight. And you got to get more than three shots in a period. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. That's not gonna. It's not going to cut it. Not yeah. It's absolutely not going to cut it. You've got to get yourself create more offensive chances one way or another. I'm sure Ben Grohl is going to sit there and say, "I think we know what we need to do here," which is exactly what I just described. So take care of the Syracuse Crunch. 
Let's move on to Major League Baseball. That's obviously a big thing last night with the rain out yesterday. I, I think it was a rain out. Wait a minute. I, I for some reason, Scoop, uh, and uh, I want to point this out to our, our, I'm sorry, our glue guy. I was teasing you. Our glue guy slash, yes, our producer. But our glue guy, that's we call him Matt Page. Matt, um, I actually do have some audio from the Yankees game last night. Okay, all right. All See right. what I did there? Just you can let that run, but just bring that down a little bit lower. This, this was literally the entire game. That, that could be uh, sound from today. Yeah, this is going to clear In up Central New York. It's going to clear up though. Uh, Eight oh eight is the first pitch tonight for the Yankees and the Astros in Game Four. Obviously, Game Five is tomorrow, and the weather should be fine by then. Masahiro Tanaka is pitching. The one benefit is probably their best playoff starter is Masahiro Tanaka. I don't think there's a probably. I think it's a definite, and he gets the ball tonight. They need him six, six minimum before they get to that bullpen because now with the rain out, then you're going to stack. It's it's basically game, 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 game. Yeah. There's yeah. no travel day in between. There's no day off. You're going to need those bullpen arms. They're clearly more reliant than the Astros are who have been getting stellar starting pitching compared to the Yankees. And especially when you point out Garrett Cole is going to be coming back up in this rotation. The Yankee fans I'm talking to are nervous. That's true. They're very nervous. But I actually think not playing yesterday helps the Yankees. You know, because it would have been a bullpen game yesterday. Everybody gets rest. Now, we'll see how it goes when you've got all these games stacked up. We get a few more into it. Just got to win today. Just worry about today. Uh, Yankee fans will have an entirely... Different attitude if the Yankees get this one. They have to have confidence, Scoop, because they're also up against a pitcher that they were able to beat, Zach Greinke. He's he's the weak link of their three very good starters, but Zach Greinke is still, he's good enough that he could also throw a gem. Is it one of those close games? Do they break out? Do the bats return? I, I mean, it's weird to me. I've noticed the chemistry with Aaron Hicks being back in there simply because he had been out since the beginning of August. And then you insert Giancarlo Stanton back into the lineup. Uh, He plays a game and a half, two games, basically. Now he's dealing with the quad issue. Yes, he's an option off the bench. It's just that chemistry that made the team magical all year at the end got messed with a little bit. It, It just did. And I'm not discounting that Aaron Hooks, when totally healthier, Giancarlo Stanton, the damage that he can do to a baseball but it's just it's not the same locker room now. Some things are a little bit different, and maybe Aaron Boone has to massage things within the locker room a little bit different, and that didn't mean that to sound the way it did, but you know what I mean. I think these two teams are just fantastic baseball teams. I'm enjoying this series. I, If I were a Yankee fan, I wouldn't jump off the cliff yet, and I'd get a sense from some of them. They're like, oh, my gosh, they're so freaking out. Oh, man, oh, man, I can't believe we lost. But I go, it's Garrett Cole. Come on. You're going to have a, you're gonna have another crack at the guy anyways, and he's got to have a bad game eventually. You know, you would think, you would hope. <laughs> he hasn't had one in 19 consecutive starts. You know, and, and I've read some, some stuff online that they went back to the baseballs from last season because everybody was complaining all season long about the baseballs are a little bit different. That was the reason for the massive spike in home runs. I, they hit 600 more than that have ever been hit in a Major League Baseball season, 600 and change. But they have gone back to the baseballs from the previous season. And granted, home runs have been up over the years since the steroid era and on and on and on. And people 
love to see the home runs. See, but, now, why would they do that? In It changes things, and there's a difference in the in how high the seams are on the ball. That affects the breaking ball. That affects the spin rate. That affects the fastball. That affects Zach, Brit, uh, Zach Britton on the Yankees who throws the heavy sinker that feels like a bowling ball, as it's described. It, it changes what they've been used to all season. I don't, why do they do that? That just doesn't seem right to me. I don't know. I, there's, it's a great question. Does uh, the glue guy have a theory on this, even if it's out of left field? Like suddenly we're not going to inflate the footballs in a football game like we have been all season. It just seems dumb. Laces out? Laces out? Yeah, I mean, by the way, that's now our third terrible sports joke of the day. <laughs> Do you, do you uh you want to give me that right there? Sports joke. It was as cheesy as our sports <laughs> jokes. They're bad. I, I don't know what the reason is for it, Scoop. It, it doesn't make sense to me. I would think that you would want consistency if you want to go back to changing the baseball again. Wait till the off season. Do it yeah. again next year. The players are used to one thing, then it's another. It reminds me of. Do you remember when they had those composite basketballs for a short time with? In the NBA, Jason Kidd was still playing, and as a point guard, he was like, this thing is terrible. It hurts and rips up your fingers. It's not the leather ball that they're used to. And it affected things, and they did away with it before, like, before they even got it. I think there was a couple of games, and they did away with it. And I suppose that's ultimately what they're doing now, but it makes me go, well, they were complaining back in April about the baseballs in spring training. Why didn't you change it way back then? Why now? The product in the playoffs shouldn't be different. It should be, as I said, consistent in my humble opinion. Yeah, I wouldn't want them to change it in the middle of the regular season. I mean, obviously you've got guys that have performance bonuses based on the number of home runs they're hitting, you know, and we a lot were hit this year. But to just change it, oh, let's just change it before the, the playoffs. I mean, I, I don't see any reasoning to that. I don't know why you would do it in between seasons. Sportzilla show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's Scoop and Rain. And I have, I really have one last question that I want to direct at you, Scoop, here in our opening segment today in relation to the game tonight. And it's obviously going to apply in the World Series, depending on whether it's the Yankees or the Astros that move on. I'm obviously hoping the Yankees, it might be the Astros. But if that's the case, and I mentioned this to you yesterday, but the pitch tipping thing. Is that something that the Yankees should be concerned about? Because there's been a lot of reports well, that the Astros are masters at it. They've just got some guys that are really good at that. Absolutely, they should be concerned about it. They should have been concerned about it the last 24, 36 hours. I mean, if I'm Boone, I'm in there, I'm looking at things. If I'm a pitching coach, I'm in there looking at things, trying to see if the pitches are being tipped somehow. There's some sort of pattern that can be detected because the Astros are obviously very good at picking up on those things. So certainly they should be concerned about it. Certainly they should try to avoid any sort of repetitive thing they're doing that telegraphs what the next pitch is going to be. And it's it's amazing, though, the most minute little details in, in change in the way you're gripping the ball in your glove, the way you set your hands, the amount of time you take to get set and deliver the pitch, depending on what you're throwing. They pick those things up. It's It's really remarkable how they do it. I mean, ultimately, the guy in the batter's box has to hit the ball. Yes. And that's not really an easy thing to do, let's be honest. And the guy who's on the mound... He's got to try and fire the ball by him and, and get a 
strike, get him to chase a bad pitch. You don't know. So, so, I mean, ultimately, those guys have to do both of those things. But certainly the tipping of the pitches is just another piece of information that helps the batter. And if you're really good at reading those things like the Astros are, it's an advantage. Yeah, I I don't know what it's going to take. I mean, you just wonder, is the offense going to come alive for the Yankees? Is it going to be a pitching duel tonight? Masahiro Tanaka seems to have the recipe for success in the playoffs, whether it's some mechanics changes, it's a grip change on a split finger, usage percentages of his slider to his fastball to the split. Uh, but he's he seems to have that figured out. And once again, you hope a great performance tonight gives them a chance to even up this series at two games apiece. 8.08 is your first pitch. I'm really excited. You know this. And I want to thank you for not poking the bear. Um, Blue guy, Matt, I want to thank you for not poking the bear. You had a chance. You didn't have to answer my question when I asked it to you. You could have gotten me fired up, so I went on a rant or something. No, I figured I got to keep you on time today. Yeah, you got to do that. Well, you already saved us with a reminder that we'll get to a little bit later. Some stuff on the NBA lined up. Uh, We have a bunch of NFL tidbits for you today. That's Sportzilla tidbits, we'll call them for now. But we want to talk about a, a female voice that you hear on ESPN radio quite a bit. She does a lot as far as writing as well. She has some great stories. We're going to tell you about what she wrote about or who she wrote about. And we're going to get some officiating nonsense in the NFL next. The Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Lane and Scoop. So there's a great piece that we want to alert you to. It's one of those sort of sprawling bits of sports journalism. Uh, that, and it's going to be on E60, which is a good venue for that. And the human interest. I mean, very often uh, we kind of get mired into the bad guy sports stuff, the uh, arrest records, the maybe drugs or just unsavory stuff. And I like these kinds of stories because they show us a very human side of sports. They shed some light on something that you had no idea about. And case in point, this Mina Kimes piece about DeAndre Hopkins and his mother, DeAndre Hopkins of the Houston, Texas. It's a beautiful piece. Seek it out. It's going to be on E60. I guess it debuts October 22nd. They would, they just basically released the information on this. It's called The Unbreakable Bond, written by Mina Kimes. You also hear her voice on various platforms. You see her on TV from time to time. She's on with Levitard once in a while. But but she's all over. And she's fantastic, by the way. But her writing is just next-level good. And, you know, you watch some of those human interest shows that ESPN does uh, that, that are those sprawling pieces of sports journalism, and then the humanity – I mean, I got to tell you, I, I I listen and watch those shows. Very often it brings me to tears. And this story from Mina Kimes is one of those stories. DeAndre's Hopkins, uh, DeAndre Hopkins' mother, she's blind. Mm-hmm. She can't see him play, but she's there at every game. He knows exactly where she sits. She sits right. I'm getting verklempt just giving you that part of the story. You know, She, I she mean, said uh, that where she sits... Like you said, he knows right where she is, but if they're warming up and a ball comes flying and hits the wall, she can she can hear and almost feel the ball hit and, the wall due to the lack of sight. And the siblings uh, are all around her, almost doing like a play-by-play in her ear. It's it's a wonderful story. 
The Unbreakable Bond by Mina Kimes. Seek it out, and you're going to be seeing it on ESPN as well, and, and maybe hearing it on the air here because they run those things, the audio part of the story, on the radio all the time, on ESPN radio all the time. It, she used to write feature pieces for ESPN, the magazine. That is no longer an outlet for ESPN on their platforms. So this is a monthly series that they're going to do. Uh, the day it's released, it'll uh, you'll see a, a portion of it uh, three different times, I believe they said, on SportsCenter. And then it's out there and everywhere. His mom's name is Sabrina Greenlee. And ultimately what happens, the reason that she went blind it will blow your mind. It's, this is not your your normal, typical American upbringing. I mean, it went through some hard times, but seek it out for yourself. And uh, I will, we will tell you, we don't want to be like the spoiler alert and ruin it for you, you know. Uh, but ultimately, he is using his position now in the NFL for good and trying to help combat Domestic violence. and His, his uh, mother has a foundation now be, basically because of this. And Mina Kimes kind of tells you the story, then brings all that to light. So there's a nice, positive, happy ending out there. One of those stories that gives you faith in humanity. And because all too often we're surrounded by stories that just make you feel that just people suck. <laughs> I, and I, and I, I love my sports for what happens on the court or on the field or whatever. But I also love... I love those those engaging backstories about what motivates them and what makes them who they are. I always find that fascinating. The Miles Garrett story. You know, we broke that yesterday, and that is a case of a story where, I mean, I'm reading this, and I go, you know, some people just really are awful. They just suck. And I actually went on to Miles. I follow Miles Garrett. I'm a Browns fan. So do I. And I commented on the thread where he, he tweeted about being assaulted, essentially. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Basically, this guy is like, it's basically taking some pictures, kind of gets into his vehicle, punches Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett then said, well, you, you hit me like. If you would have put some legs into that. Yeah, like hit me harder. I, I might have flinched. He, he kind of called him out a little bit on that. But they've now identified the guy, Scoop, from what I'm understanding. Yeah, apparently, you know, we didn't exactly know yesterday all the situation that surrounded this because it really broke about 3 o'clock in the afternoon but it sounds like there was this driver who is in a car, recognizes Miles Garrett in, in another car, flags him down. Hey, can I get a picture with you? And then takes the picture, apparently, and then jacks Miles Garrett in the face, runs away. Now, he's got a vehicle. So they trace this guy. I guess he's 24 years old. And they traced him through the license plate. And now he's under arrest. Yeah, according to the Cleveland Plain Dealer, that's exactly what happened. Somebody's going to get your license plate. There's cameras everywhere in big cities. Now, I don't know if you know that. Like, somebody's, you're going to get caught. You just, do you have nothing better to do? Big Brother is always watching. No, Are man. you late to a uh, job? Are you uh, going home from your job? What's going on? Would What would possess you to do that? Imagine that. You're driving down Glue Guy Matt. And you, you see somebody like Tom Brady driving down. You're like... I gotta go get a picture. Why did I have to be Tom Brady? I'm convinced as part of this whole culture today, I'll be talked about on the news. I'll be tweeted about. I want my 15 minutes. I'll be a Facebook headline. Viral. And I'll go viral. And I'm convinced that people do this stuff all the time just for that reason. Just, I'm gonna be somebody. Oh, they'll be talking about me. People have this weird, perverse fascination with this twisted kind of fame sometimes. And I I have no idea. I would love to hear what this guy's explanation is. I guarantee you, it's not a good one. No. <laughs> it, you know, it, it, and oftentimes, whenever you hear something like this, 
it's always with the understanding that drugs or alcohol may have been involved or unfortunately Sadly, it's a mental health issue. And, and we haven't heard about drugs and alcohol. Right. He was driving a vehicle. I'm sure the police are asking that question. Well, I, I also have one more that I could throw in there. Also, it could just be that he is um, an unsavory person, just generally not a good person, because sometimes people want to use all sorts of excuses, these built-in excuses, and sometimes people are just bad people and just make bad it's, decisions and do something that's point-blank Dumb. It's it's just so weird. The whole timeline. Hey, take a picture with me, please, Miles Garrett. I would love that. Thank you very much. Punch in the face. Yeah, yeah. It's I. I just and then run away. The motivation escapes me. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio, ninety-seven point seven and one hundred point one. Scoop Rain and our glue guy Matt in here. Matt is he a Steelers fan? <laughs> you know, I did wonder that. I wonder. Or it a Bengals be. fan. It could be. Or just, a, you know, the Browns fans are so bitter and twisted. Yeah, but then you're you're loving your sports to a delusional level. Well, that's if, a Browns fan. If, if, if Come on, they, they, they're talking Super Bowl your fandom, before the season. Your fandom should not lead you to do things like that. You need to check yourself. You need to look in the mirror because you need to figure out what's actually really important in life. I don't think... Any any team is worth loving enough or hero worshiping athletes enough that you need to set them up to do something like that when the dude's probably going to get lunch or a coffee or maybe he's on the way to the stadium or practice or whatever it might be maybe he's going somewhere with his kids it's just it's just crazy I mean it's just, just no it's just not something that you need to do I wanted to have the glue guy though chime in though I want to just follow up the Mina Kimes story with. And, and just say the name for me, because Matt brought up a great name of somebody. You had mentioned DeAndre doing positive things with his life. Who else is Googleable that's doing that that you know in the NFL? Miles Garrett is. Yes. Well, well there's two of them. D'Angelo Williams. Absolutely. But who's the one? And work done. And tell him why. Well, he's uh, giving houses to people. He's the, he, he's basically. And I think the number is over 100. Yeah, he's basically built over 100 houses for people. For families. I think it's a single mother. Yeah, in need. And I think because of his own circumstances. Think about that. That's a jaw-dropping See, number. And, think about that. And all we could do about a month ago was talk about the next idiotic or the last idiotic thing that Antonio Brown did. Yeah. And then it winds up with the, the, the rape allegations. And it's ugly, ugly, ugly. And that stuff obscures... These wonderful stories like this, unfortunately. The clickbait thing is real, and if the, the, the negative is what people want to pile on, especially when they can go on some form of social media. I, I and think just, over a course of time, that wears and tears on you and really affects your outlook on your world. Yeah, of course. And, it, you know, I'm reading this story today from Mina Kimes. I'm like, you know what? There, there are good people out there. There absolutely you know, are. We need to be reminded of that. There's also some funny people out there. Before we get to our break here, uh, the billboards that are in Detroit in your old stomping ground scoop, very funny, who is actually in studio wearing a Detroit Red Wings hat today. Thumbs up on that. But they're they're protesting the, the horrible officiating that everybody's – that's another thing everybody's been talking about that's a sports fan – it's just crap. It's just bad. It's just historically bad. I don't ever remember it. Nobody remembers officiating in the NFL being as terrible as it as it is right now. So what have they done in Detroit, Scoop, to make us laugh? In numerous locations on these super highways that they have circling in and out of the city and around the city, 
there are these billboards, and it is a referee from uh, maybe the elbows up, yeah, with wearing a cheese head and then a fist under the chin, and this is all about the 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 hit to the face and those calls and Trey Flowers and all that. And if you went to a Detroit newspaper the day after that game, the headlines there was three headlines about how the the Lions were cheated by the officials out of that game. Is it hard to argue that though? No, I I, I agree with that. And there's this group in Detroit that apparently they're they're a group of Lions fans and they have funded these billboards as a form of protest against the NFL. It's the Sportzilla Show ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. We've been beamed back up, Scotty. Blue guy Matt Page in studio with us chimes in time to time. That might just happen. But you might be aware that LeBron James, who is the alpha and the omega, very polarizing, loved one minute, hated the next. Some people love him, some people hate him. Just one of those athletes. There's certain names that you say. Tiger Woods is another example. But I think we all know who they are. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. When you say their name... You get impassioned opinions, and there's some guys in every sport that do just that. In case you were living under a rock, LeBron said a little something-something about this NBA China situation, and Daryl Morey of the Houston Rockets, their GM. We all talk about this freedom of speech. Yes, we all do have freedom of speech, but at times there are ramifications for the negative that can happen when you're not thinking about others, and you're only, you're only thinking about yourself. I don't believe, I don't want to get into a, a word, sentence feud with Daryl, with Daryl uh, Morey, but I believe he wasn't educated on the situation at hand, and he spoke. So many people could have been harmed, not only financially, but physically, emotionally, spiritually. So just be careful what we tweet and we say and what we do, even though, yes, we do have freedom of speech, but there can be a lot of negative that comes with that. I don't know about you. That's the first time I'm hearing about any of this. No, I'm kidding. It's been everywhere. <laughs> uh, sports jokes. Do I have to do that again? Do no, to... no. Okay, I'm going to pass on that. But the fact of the matter is he is then clarified that and he said I wasn't talking about Daryl Morey I was talking about that tweet itself because there's all sorts of moving parts and circumstances involved in this whole situation and nobody wants to go down to where it's kind of there's a political aspect of this and that's not what we want to discuss here but there's just why does he do this to himself he's he's got all this love he's the superstar he's with all the hype as an 18 year old he comes in he's amazing and everybody hates him because the the move at 25 years old after a great run in Cleveland everybody knows the situation then he goes to the Miami Heat and then he wins in Cleveland and everybody loves him again after they hated him at first and just to give a little backstory Houston Rockets general manager Daryl Morey tweeted uh, a message in support of protesters at Hong Kong and the NBA is trying to break into that market they've had games over there and China don't play. China, like, got blasted by South Park. They essentially deleted the the app that people would watch South Park on. They just erased it from their Internet. South Park then okay. swore at them last week. Um, when, and so China not happy about the tweet. You and, know there's a massive amount of money involved for the NBA, and that's why all this is happening. Well, and that's what LeBron is trying to say. Now, there's a quote from one of his 
one of his messages where he says, I'm not discussing the substance. Others can talk about that. But he's getting branded as, well, you're supporting this horrible regime. And I don't really think he's saying that. He's talking like a businessman. He's talking like maybe one of the guys who owns one of these teams. Because you know what LeBron has turned into? LeBron is a business owner. And he understands when the piles of money get shifted around. And this is a deal with China trying to get into that market. And now that whole deal is in jeopardy. Just got an update from Bleacher Report saying Adam Silver said we were being asked to to fire uh, Daryl Morey by the Chinese government. And we said there's no chance that's happening. Good. Breaking news on that from the glue guy, Matt. That's crazy. I just, you know, look, everybody gets so upset about it. okay? and then they go out and they buy an American flag that's made in China. Well, you can't get away from the the amount of products that are in this country now today that are made in China. All right. So there are contradictions everywhere. It's not just with LeBron. It's with our whole society. Well, full disclosure. This story has been out for a number of days now, and it's been debated on Sports Center. It's been debated on social media. It's been debated at the bar when you're sitting there with your buddy having some beers. Sports fans have been talking about this. When we tried to avoid this until last night, and I brought this up to Scoop earlier today before we get on the air, I'm watching a little bit of the highlights last night and watch a little Sports Center. And of course, there's a preseason game last night. LeBron comes down the court, throws this ridiculous mid-air back behind his head over his shoulder to the corner, spot on, catch and shoot in motion, bang, teammate pops the three from the corner. Had a great preseason game. All of a sudden, did we forget about all this other stuff the other day? If he, yes. If he plays well, it doesn't matter. Well, the, the people reporting on it, they're, they're always looking for an angle, okay? And if he would have had a stinky game last night, there would have been a headline today, LeBron in funk after China kerfuffle or whatever, you know? And I, I read a headline today where, you know, they're – and they're trying to get you to click on these stories. That's, that's all it is. That's what it's about. A headline today is how will his comments about China affect his jersey sales and merchandise sales? And, you know, he's that kind of guy, like we mentioned, who if he says and does everything, everybody wants to weigh in. Everybody has an opinion. And you know what? You know what happens? It's all about whether you liked the guy in the first place. And everybody chooses upsides. I don't like that Tom Brady. I don't like that LeBron James. And then they doesn't matter what he did. It just gives you an excuse to hate on him and rag on him. Can we go back to laughing at uh, LeBron James's Taco Tuesday? Yeah, he's he's still doing that too. He's he tried to trademark it and they They said no. But we we forgot about that. You know, listen. Here's one thing about. LeBron James, and I'll just say this. He, he's obviously 17 years into his career now, and he's not ever going to be prime age LeBron. He's a little bit older now. you got to manage his minutes now and things like that. But he is still one of the absolute elite basketball players on the planet. And he can stay in that realm if he's healthy with all of the different things that he can do for at least a couple of more seasons. And when you see a once-in-a-lifetime generational talent like that, like Michael Jordan was in his time then guess what? You appreciate that you got to see him because it brings me to Magic Johnson. 
Magic Johnson, oh my God, with the HIV diagnosis, the world stopped. I remember where yeah, I was yeah. when that happened, okay? Prime of his career. Michael Jordan, at about the same age, went and played baseball. But ultimately, that's not the big picture of, of them. You just simply remember, the first thing I think about with Michael Jordan is, oh my God, he was an amazing basketball player. Now, all the other things I've learned about him, of course, you can have those discussions. You can have all these discussions about LeBron. But LeBron's going where Magic Johnson is. He's going where Michael Jordan is. He's going to take everything when he's done playing basketball, which in the grand scheme of his life is five years away. He's in his mid-30s now. He wants to be a businessman. For example, Michael Jordan owns the Charlotte Hornets. Is he a great executive as as good as he was as a basketball player? Not necessarily. Magic Johnson owns the Dodgers. He owns uh, movie theaters. He owns Burger King franchises. He is branched out. And what they can do being an African-American in society is bring other people up and help so many people in so many ways. The charter school. And I could go well, on. Michael go Jordan on on. unveiled two medical clinics in Charlotte. His Thank family you. and have anted up $7 million to help underprivileged, underprivileged people get medical care in the Charlotte area. I mean, that's a great thing. That's a good story. But I mean, do you really think there's lots of people who probably don't care about the human rights abuses in China or Hong Kong or wherever? But do you really think LeBron doesn't care about that? Of course he does. You, you, is he the guy you ascribe that sort of thing to? I don't, I don't think he is hating on one side of it. He's trying to make money for the NBA. This is, this is. His meal ticket. He wants the league to grow. He loves basketball. A lot of players do things philanthropically that you don't necessarily hear about in the press. When you have a huge name attached to it, of course they're going to get press. Everything they do gets press. Michael Jordan, yeah, you know, you hear some things about him off the court and whatnot, but that's pretty impressive what he just did, taking the game of basketball. We enjoyed watching him play for 15 years all these years later, giving back to his community. That's where he's from and helping people on the ground, living their life, struggling with an illness or whatever it might be. That's what I want to see out of my athletes. I can forgive the nonsense that he punched. Was it Steve Kerr? I think in practice or things like that, you know, he was a great basketball player. He's doing things that help others. I can live with it. And people are jumping on LeBron because he's talking like a businessman, which is what he is now. Um, but a- it, that makes a great headline. It's it, it's the outrage. It's the manufactured outrage. You know, uh, let's get mad at him. We'll, uh, you know, we'll get our posse together online and we'll chase him down and we'll send him nasty tweets. And let's paraphrase Jay Z real quick. Basically, LeBron is doing what many have done or tried to do. He is a businessman because ultimately he wants to be a businessman. That's basically what's happening. And he's done him. a lot of good things, uh, uh, probably a lot more things than a lot of hashtag warriors have on Twitter. All right, we went way too long. Let's take a break. ESP, <laughs> ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1, the SportsZilla Show. Uh, we have a little bit more on the NFL next. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Talking a little NFL to wrap up the show, and in particular, Jets wide receiver Demarius Thomas and his brief stay with the New England Patriots. Now, starting wide receiver for the Jets now, acquired by New York from the Patriots, 
which is an odd thing, you know, AFC rivals doing a deal, right? That's that catches your eye right away. Wait, the the GD Jets beat the Cowboys. Anyways, go ahead, continue. <laughs> that made me happy. Look at the, look how he's beaming oh, over there. Oh, I'm, I'm ha- grinning ear to ear right now. <laughs> That's the best thing ever other than a Giants win. Continue. But he was jettisoned. He feels uh, it was a waste of time, Thomas does, because they essentially told him to hang around. Hey, you know, we're probably going to have you back. And then they and then they cut him and, you know, sent him on his way. And Bill Belichick was asked about this earlier today, I believe, and said the following. Demarius is a great kid. I have a ton of respect for him. I felt like I was always truthful with him, but things changed. So what I'd said to him was not the same as what I'd said previously. It is what it is. Look, if Bill Belichick is going to get it. rid of uh, Vince Wilfork, Mike Vrabel, Ty Law, he's going to get rid of uh, Wes Welker. He's going to get rid of Demarius Thomas. Well, I actually thought uh, Bill gave him a nice compliment there. Yeah. But this is a business. The, 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 you know, you're going to get screwed by an NFL team one way or another. I mean, sooner or later, they're going to cut you, and it's going to be over. And it's not going to really be a nice thing. It's going to be bye-bye. We don't need you anymore, and you're probably not going to feel good about it. Well, listen, we have no show tomorrow due to the Syracuse-Pittsburgh game, but I just wanted to wrap things up with one thing, if I could, when it comes to to Belichick and all of that. And I know we're going to... We're going to give you the hollow hops thing, too. Thank you to the glue guy. But this is on behalf of his fandom and this story that we're closing out with on the Patriots. He didn't have any jokes, but I do. So we're off to Cincinnati. Sports joke. Let's get out of here. Wrap that up. A week from Saturday, it's the World of Beer presenting Hollow Hops Brewfest in the shadows of the Canyon at Destiny USA. There's going to be over 100 craft beers, some 50 breweries. A brew fest with a Halloween twist. Come dressed up for a costume contest. $250 gift card for Destiny USA up for grabs. Uh, there's going to be music, live actors from Frightmare Farms, Museum of Intrigue, Halloween movies. And general admission and VIP tickets are available now for two brew fest sessions at hollowhops.com. You're on the block next with Brent Axe. It's been the Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Have a great Friday.